When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. This is Women to Watch. To rise above all of the noise and fulfill every last one of your dreams. Women to Watch, sharing the real stories of the most accomplished women in the world. It is for those frightened children who want peace. It is for those voiceless children who want change. Be inspired by women from across the globe who are encouraging more women to pursue their dreams. True philanthropy comes from living from the heart of yourself and giving what you have been given. Now, Women to Watch. Here's your host, Sue Rocco. Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning in to another week of Women to Watch here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. I'm thrilled to have with me two women in the studio this evening who are uh, visiting from both India and Nepal, and they are here through the U.S. Department of State uh, for some fellowship programs and and currently in Philadelphia. both of them are here um, to take information and, and um, education with them back to their own countries and implement it into the work that they're doing over there. Um, and they'll be with me just in just a moment. Again, Ami Cheda is with me and Lakshmi Mahorajan. And they'll be here uh, speaking with me in just a moment. Be sure to stay with us as we go into our breaks, and you'll hear from our watch team of contributors with valuable information from their industries in health, finance, technology, business leadership, and diversity. And you can find more information on each one of them by visiting womentowatch.net and clicking on our About page. Uh, We're hearing from more and more listeners, and we hope you'll continue to follow us socially on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Women to Watch. So without any further ado, I'd like to welcome to the show Lakshmi and Ami. Thank Thank you. you. Thank Thank you so so much much for being here. Thank you so much. I know you're on very busy schedules. So not only um, do you have something going on all day long, but you've been in both Washington, D.C., and here in Philadelphia. And what I thought would be so interesting from, uh, for our listeners is to learn a little bit about women's issues in both your countries and how um, perhaps they differ from what you have found here in the U.S. Um, Ami, I think I'll start with you. And if you can just give a brief um, overview of your upbringing in India. Yeah, sure. Before that, um, I would like to thank you for having me here. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Um, so I am um, from Hyderabad. That's the southern part of India. 
um, but basically from Mumbai. So I was born there, but raised in Hyderabad. And um, yeah, I mean, um, I, I did my uh, graduation in history, political science, public administration, and then went on to do my post-graduation in public administration. Post that, um, I've been more or less working with international uh, developmental organizations, uh, assisted, uh, you know, member of legislative assemblies in research and um, uh, was associated with Commonwealth, uh, you know, youth program Asia Center. I was also um, uh, selected for a similar program where we were learning about the legislative processes in Germany. Um, and uh, currently, I'm a co-founder for a uh, non-profit, a youth-based non-profit in India that's called India's Future Foundation, where we work with young people, um, educating them on democratic processes, free markets, social entrepreneurship, and now also getting to the skill developmental aspect. So we are at a very transitional um, stage and we are trying to expand and uh, you know um, go on a more pan-India level. Tell me what it was it about your own upbringing that led you to want to work with youth in particular? I feel the youth in India has a lot of potential. Uh, it's just that uh, I feel uh, in terms of their opinionated, it's just that they, they don't want to be a part of the political process and, and uh, not because they're lazy, I mean, partially, yes, but uh, more so because, um, you know, in India, it's, uh, unlike U.S. where you are heard, I think youth do not have a voice. So we are at that stage in India where I think, um, you know, even at the governmental level, we are trying to include more youth voices, be it at the governmental level, at the civil society, uh, organization level. So um, I always felt that, you know, when I worked with you, when I started off working with you, that that's, that was my that my first job. And I realized that uh, they're ready to go. There's so much, you know, um, ideas that they would want, um, you know, to implement to kind of, you know, go out and, and reach people. But it's just that they don't have the right mediums. And fortunately uh, for us, what happens is uh, there's a lot of uh, imbalance in terms of, you know, rural youth and uh, urban youth. So I think most of the times they're also kind of, you know, a little stuck there. You know, the opportunities that the rural, uh, the urban youth have are quite different from what the rural youth have. A lot of times, yes, urban youth, uh, you know, they do find their way, but the rural youth are still trying to kind of meander and, and you know, trying to get there. So that's the reason why we thought that, you know, if we could, you know, um, leverage this, uh, this um, uh, you know, space and, and try and, help the rural youth um, kind of, you know, attain skill-based, uh, you know, uh, what do you say, skill-based um, opportunities and get them into into the right, uh, you know, areas in terms of their careers or, or even in their, like, professional and personal lives. Okay. Yeah. Um, Laksmi, I'd like to, you know, hear from you and a little bit about your own upbringing in Nepal. Um, you're a journalist. You're involved in media there, radio, um, and you also do some print work. Tell me a little bit about where you were born and your upbringing and, and what led you to be a journalist. Okay, thank you. Thank you for inviting me for the interview. And I'm Lakshmi and I belong to one of the middle class family in Kathmandu. I was born in Kathmandu and I love to call myself a development communicator because I every time I'm associated with communication and and it is all 
it is every time it is every time uh, connected with the development work so i love to call myself as a development communicator uh, i did my schooling in kathmandu but uh, i completed my master degree in south asian studies from pondicherry university as a fellowship holder from south asian foundation it's a very unique subject and uh, i started my career as a journalist in 2008 and uh, i would like to share that i'm the first in my family to be a journalist and i got a lots of like hindrances and i got a lots of objection from my father uh-huh. because uh, i belong to a indigenous community and we are like a farmer like uh, i belong to farmer and my father always want me to have some business or have some uh, bank job because it's secure for for a woman to be a journalist and it's really hard in country <laughs> it's hard yeah. here too <laughs> In America, and, uh, and it's, yes, it's really hard. So he do not want me like he doesn't want me to be a journalist that time. Yeah. Uh, but uh, that time it was something like that clicked my mind. Like even after uh, and like in in Nepal, uh, if you are getting a very low marks, people will prefer journalism or okay. other other uh, social uh, social uh, social um, uh, social uh, subjects. So social uh, subjects, uh, did you say? Uh, it's like uh, political science and journalism. Like uh, okay. uh, social sciences. Yes, like yes. If you are having low marks, then only they are going for the social sciences. But despite having a very good uh, percentage in my class 10 exam, I opted for the journalism as a career. And I started... I was going to say, but you mentioned to me before the show, you also have a law license yeah, in I Nepal. Yeah, I have a law license. Which is fascinating. So, uh, tell, you yeah. know, explain to the listeners how you can do that without uh, actually a four-year degree. Yeah. No, actually in Nepal, we do not have a very good education system that it is not compulsory for you to go to college and study. Like every day, we do not need attendance. So that time I was working as a journalist and it was really a busy schedule for me, like from early in the morning to late night i was always in my decks writing news filing two to three stories in a day can you hold that thought for me we have to go into a break oh, when we oh. come back we'll finish yeah. that story <laughs> stay with us to hear from dawn zier of nutrisystem and holly dowling for our leadership watch now the women to watch ceo watch hi i'm dawn zier here with today's ceo watch In today's world of being accessible 24/7 through technology, I'd like to talk about the importance of recharging your battery. And I'm not talking about the cell phone. According to the American Heart Association, excessive stress can contribute to a myriad of health problems ranging from asthma to high blood pressure to heart attacks. Additionally, the way your body responds to stress can be in the form of headaches, stomach pain, decreased energy, loss of appetite, weight gain and restless sleep. I'm sure we've all experienced these symptoms once or twice. Like most holiday weekends, Memorial Day weekend is a perfect opportunity to reflect, take a step back and do something that you enjoy. Studies show that time off, whether it be a long weekend, a vacation or even a mental health day, increases both individual productivity and corporate productivity. So five ways that I personally like to recharge my battery are by one, spending time with family and friends. Who else can tell me that I take myself way too seriously? Time to shut down the computer and go to that barbecue. Two, reading a book. Not one about business or professional development, but one where I can escape into the story, shut down mentally, and decompress. Three, going to spin class, taking an hour for me to focus on my health and well-being. Four, traveling. I find that exploring new places reinvigorates me and gets my creative juices flowing. 
And five, turning off my cell phone, even if it's just for an hour or two. Okay, this is an aspirational, not yet achieved goal for me. But being present, not just physically, but mentally, feels like it's becoming something of a lost art form. So I'm going to give it a try. I encourage all my friends and colleagues to recharge, not only over long holiday weekends, but whenever they feel they need to do so. It's important to remember that no matter how crazy things get, it's important to take care of yourself. Thanks, everyone. I'm Dawn Zier, here for CEO Watch. I'll be back next Sunday. Have a great week. Since 1858, Mount St. Joseph Academy has been educating girls to be leaders, founders, and independent thinkers. Students are taught to be collaborative, courageous, compassionate, confident, and spiritual. In this student-centered environment, the young women are transformed by recognizing their own potential and are encouraged to use it to make a difference in the world. To learn more about Mount St. Joseph Academy, go to www.msjacad.org or call 215-233-3177. That's msjacad.org or 215-233-3177. Hi, everybody. Holly Dowling here with your Leadership Watch for the week. So, do you own your voice? Do you own your brand? Do you own your power? Three powerful questions, huh? Let's start with owning your voice and owning your brand. There's a lot of good words out there and a lot of buzz around what's the culture that you're leading in an organization, what's your brand, right? We hear a lot of people talking and coaching us around brand, but what does that mean? I'm going to give you a challenge right now. I'm going to ask you to think about your personal brand. What's your word? Yeah, you heard me. What's your word? What word or maybe simply a quick short phrase that you could put on a t-shirt. That's what I'm going to call it. A word or a phrase that embodies your brand and how you show up in the world. And more than just how you show up, how do you choose to show up in the world? Do you know? Do you, are you intentional around how you are showing up to everyone around you? And have you thought about when you leave someone's presence, how do you want them to remember you? So I do this with executives and leaders all over the world. And I would love to hear more from many of you out there. And I'd love the opportunity to speak for your organizations and come in and and really provide inspiration and empowerment around this. Because we talk about it at a culture level, but it really starts at an individual level, from the leaders in the organization to even the individual team members. Every human being needs the opportunity to be given the gift of saying, who are you? It's time to own your voice and own your brand. And it starts with getting intention. So what's your word? I ask people this all the time. For some of us, it's really easy. For others, it's a struggle. So I'm going to leave you with this. When you leave people's presence, what word or phrase do you want them to remember you by? How did you impact them in what positive way? So my word is extraordinary. I want you to feel extraordinary when I've been in your presence. Please reach out to me, hollydowling.com. This is Women to Watch with Sue Rocco. Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. Thanks again for being with me this evening. I have Lakshmi Mohorajan with me from Nepal and Ami Cheda from India. And they're both here through the um, U.S. Department of State on, on fellowship programs. Just before the break, um, Lakshmi, you were talking about how you have both a, a, a degree in journalism and in law. 
How does that happen? Yeah, in yep. my in my country, like I I mentioned earlier, like you do not have like during my time, like you do not have to go to college every day and attend the class lecture. And I I worked as a journalist like from 2008, and I was like really busy writing news, two three news in a day. So I I'm not really getting time to attend the classes. So I just started myself like I just started myself with the help of like books and library and Google Internet. Yeah. Wow. Online. So it's really online online. learning. And um, I passed like, you know, first attempt, I passed all the. Very good. Was your dad proud? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And he he was so like, he he was actually wondered, like he wondered, like, I haven't even seen you like any day you haven't been to your class and how you passed. Is it fake certificate or what? And I said, no, no, my dad is like, it's a real certificate. And I showed him like, it's like, we have like through one university and it's the same like certificate. You cannot, you cannot make it fake. So he's like, oh my God, you are really talented. That's quite interesting because in law, it's, it's at least in India, you need to do like regular college. You can't get that through open uh, college or, you know, open system. Like, you know, what she mentioned that you just do it by yourself and kind of give the exam and so that is is possible for other courses but for law you need yeah. to actually attend classes and, and it has to be like a proper regular college in yeah. India you're saying yeah. Yeah. yes I yes think every well country, and here too in the yeah. US and for uh, and even one thing is like I passed my bar exam in the first attempt <laughs> wow excellent good for you you know one of our listeners sent me a question for both of you and I thought it was a great question he asked what is the one thing um, whether it was an experience a learning experience or a real fond memory um, that you will take back with you from your time here. Ami, can you think of something? Um, A lot of things, actually. I'm just trying to kind of, you know, zero in on one. Uh, I think my time at uh, Public Citizens for Children and Youth, the organization that I'm working with here in Philly, has been amazing. You know, um, number one, you know, that's a workplace which is full with these passionate, uh, you know, go-getter women. So, it's, you know, that that's the kind of workplace that, you know, I'm, I'm so thrilled to, you know, wake up in the morning and go to. And, you know, they have this very different energy. And right from my supervisor to the executive director, Tana Cooper, to Mia, Sholi. I mean, amazing women. And the kind of work that they do, they are so passionate, like, you know, about what they do, about education, about kids. And, you know, the way they kind of, you know, make things happen, you know. Mm. Uh, I, I've been involved in a lot of, you know, um, activities here. Got to attend a lot of events. Also got to go to Harrisburg, uh, Pennsylvania capital, oh. uh, you know, one-to-one with uh, representatives, Mr. Jordan Harris, uh, you know, representative of, uh, you know, Philadelphia County. All those experiences, because back in our country, I mean, that's not normal, you know. I mean... Having a having the uh, opportunity yeah, to go to yes, to I mean, you know you. exactly, and that's quite funny that I've been to the parliament in in Germany and parliament here in in US, but, but not, not the in Indian. Your, oh, <laughs> but wow, not that the is parliament. that's I mean, interesting. You can go as a tourist, yes, yeah. Yeah. but you know when I say that enter and you know enter yeah. the building and you know those areas which is like off limits for the public, here we actually like I'm sitting across you know the representative mm-hmm. and senator and we're like talking about things about our things program that and they're very casual. No security, you know, 
Well, I there's mean, pro- you know? hopefully there's security. There's probably yeah. some security no, there but you don't no, see. With, but uh, with, 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 I mean, a lot. I mean, with the senators and you know, in and around, they're right. like you know, going around with a cup of coffee and like, hey, hi, and you know, that's so. And like, you know, uh, how it happens back in India, everybody's like, you know, that you know, this person is an MLA or a member of the parliament, <laughs> right? From the, you know, his convoy of cards and yeah. you know, all the, the and you're not allowed to speak to them. And, no, it's not like you don't get to speak to them because of so much security around. You know, normal person cannot like reach out. It's it's not very normal for us yeah. back in India. Lakshmi, how about you? What, do you, what yeah. one thing comes to mind that surprised you? Yeah. The one thing I was really surprised is the program I'm associated is like the office is Committee of 70 and they, they are working The Committee with, of 70? Yeah, Committee of, yes. of 70 mm-hmm. and they are working with like one project Breaking Bread, Breaking Barriers Mm. And when they introduced me the idea earlier in my country, I used to think for table is only for eating I'm just gossiping. <laughs> but here they are like exchanging ideas and yes. they are bringing people together like yeah. from the different type of cultures and from different type of backgrounds. And yeah, I just you do that in the work that you do back in Nepal. I wanted to mention to our listeners that you moderate panel discussions. Yeah. Um, but, to talk about these issues. Yeah, but not in eating tables. <laughs> but not in breaking bread. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, an expression. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and, uh, like, uh, because like I have participated in some of the uh, meetings of breaking breads and breaking barriers, and they are, discussing, they are discussing about menus, what you want to have, and what is the common food. They are, they are searching for the common grounds so that two group people can, be, um, can, uh, uh, can uh, agree on the same point. Mm. But in my country, it's, it's really like uh, we used to be in a table, around the table, just to have food or just to have gossip or just to have like uh, some um, fun time with friends. And I'm really like uh, surprised when, when I just... The combination go, yeah. of eating yeah. and talking and ta- about issues yeah. and policies. Yeah. And they are not only eating, they are talking like they are trying to resolve the issues. They are trying to reduce the differences between the communities here mm. through the program. Yes. And... Um, we are, we talk about some refugees, some South Asian, Southeast Asian communities here. Like yeah. we were in the meeting, and it really surprised me. Like okay, the uh, back home, I should think this concept. Like okay, this really impressed me here. Yeah, that's great. That's and that's interesting for me to hear that. You know, uh-huh. uh, really that these are two wonderful things that uh-huh. you know are happening here in my country. <laughs> uh, we're going to take another break. Stay with us for Dr. Marion Ritchie from Jefferson. For your health watch and Terry McDermott and Maggie Corrado from Fortis Wealth for your finance watch. Now, the women to watch. Health Watch. For Health Watch, I'm Dr. Marianne Ritchie. With many recognized benefits for infants and mothers, breastfeeding is strongly supported by major organizations, pediatricians, family docs, obstetricians, and the World Health Organization. They recommend that human milk is the only source of nutrition for all infants in the first six months of life, then through 12 months while gradually adding solid foods. Benefits include a healthier GI tract, stimulates hormones that help the GI tract develop and improves GI motility, better emptying of the stomach so baby has less reflux. Also protects the lining of the intestine from severe infections. It helps the gut produce good bacteria for digestion, similar to those found in probiotics. And baby is better able to digest lactose, all helping to prevent diarrhea. It also helps strengthen the immune system, so fewer GI, respiratory, and urinary infections. The whey portion of milk has proteins that fight infection, and mom's antibodies, or immune cells, pass through milk and help protect baby. 
Breastfeeding is recommended in both resource-rich and poor countries because of lower rates of acute illness across the world. In the U.S., fewer doctor visits and hospital stays, and in lower-income countries, an 88% lower risk of death. We also see a much higher risk of ear infections and sudden infant death syndrome in babies who only receive formula. Long-term, lower incidence of obesity, less childhood asthma, childhood cancer, and type 1 diabetes. Later, a lower risk for adult heart disease. Psychologically, enhanced bonding so mother and baby handle stress better. Breastfeeding may also provide pain relief. Some nursing babies show less stress during painful procedures. Read more, the CDC, Center for Disease Control website. Diva moms, think about all the benefits for both baby and you. Got milk? Introducing Pathways Consulting Group, a company that will align your IT needs with your business goals. Pathways is a full-service ServiceNow partner. What does that mean? It's simple. Pathways will collaborate and design, develop, and deploy solutions for your company today that will define tomorrow. Pathways will provide world-class enterprise service management solutions. Pathways Consulting Group. They listen. They care. They execute. Go to PathwaysCG.com. That's PathwaysCG.com. If you believe that family, charity, or money is deeply important for the greater good, Fortis Wealth invites you to a highly personalized financial discovery process to help you visualize your financial legacy. It's not for everyone, but if you're willing to invest the time and thought, they can offer advice and strategies to help you accomplish your dreams. Fortis Advisors is a wholly owned subsidiary of Fortis Wealth, an investment advisor registered with the Securities and Exchange Commission. Visit Fortis-Wealth.com today because tomorrow is waiting. The Women to Watch Finance Watch. Hi, this is Terry, and this is Maggie, and we're from Fortis Wealth. When it comes to taking a vacation, there is more to think about than just what you're going to pack and where you're going to stay. Here is your to-do list for keeping your money safe. First, contact your bank before your trip and let them know of your departure and return dates, as well as each state or country you'll be visiting and potentially using your cards. This can prevent having your cards frozen if your bank suspects your identity has been stolen. We strongly suggest making photocopies of each of your travel documents and storing them separately from your actual documents in case you need emergency replacements issued to you. Before you zip up that suitcase, do some research on the location you'll be visiting and do your best to match your wardrobe to the type of clothing people typically wear. You will blend into the crowd more easily and hopefully be less of a target for pickpockets. While you are traveling, keep as little in your pockets as possible. Never carry all of your cards, cash, and documents in one bag at the same time. Keep an ID, cash, and a credit card scattered in different places. Those belongings that you choose not to bring with you should be stored in the hotel safe if there is one. Some countries and states are known for vehicle break-ins. Don't leave anything of value in your rental car, even if it's hidden. Monitoring your accounts is especially important when you are on vacation. Use a smartphone app or sign up to receive emails should your account be charged above a certain amount. Contact your bank immediately if a card is lost or stolen so that they can cancel the card immediately and save you from any fraudulent charges. Consider a prepaid Western Union card and keeping it safe in the hotel room so that you can have money transferred directly to the card instead of a bank account. If your passport is lost or stolen in a foreign country, Go to the U.S. Embassy to get an emergency passport. This will be easier if you follow the earlier advice and have photocopies of your passport and other IDs. And don't forget about travel health insurance when traveling abroad. Your U.S. insurance will cover limited or no health expenses outside of the country. Bon voyage! 
This is Maggie. And this is Terry. Peace out. You're listening to Women to Watch with Sue Rocco. Sue Rocco on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Just before the break, we were talking about uh, what perhaps has surprised both Ami and Lakshmi during their visits here to the U.S., uh, one from India, one from Nepal. And it's it's always interesting to me to hear, um, you know, when you live in one country and you've been born and raised there, you kind of assume that things are similar around the world, and sometimes they're quite different. Um, Ami, your work with the youth in, in India um, led me to a question. I wanted to know, you know, in advocating for policy, so in advocating for things to change, and I'll say both for youth and women, um, what's the greatest challenge for you, and, and what do you most hope that you can see change? So um, it's quite funny because, you know, women and youth, you know, form a major uh, portion of a population, and both these are underrepresented. And, you know, even the laws that are formed are formed by men who are like 60 plus. So for us, you know, I mean, for them to like, you know, have that youth perspective or that women perspective, that's hard. So though things are changing, you know, um, the governments are now making conscious effort to, you know, have reservations for women and, uh, you know, trying to include youth voice in, in policy making. But I still feel that, you know, it's a long way to go, that that's more in theory. But in practice, um, you know, be it women or youth, they they still, um, you know, are struggling to be heard, to be, you know, um, actually be the, the beneficiaries of, you know, development. Mm. And can you tell me, do you have a sense or an idea of the percentage of women that might be in leadership roles in India in government? Is it vastly in, different? Okay, that's um, okay. So in uh, government positions, again, because you know, center, state, local governments, the state and local governments is really sad. You know, uh, state and central would still be maybe around thirty. So you know, I mean, according to law, thirty-three percent is reserved for women representation. But I'm not sure that you know that's even kind of uh, utilized to the you know uh, maximum. Um, local administration, uh, again, there are reservations for women, but unfortunately, you know, it's like the men folks, they, you know, kind of uh, select their, you know, wives and daughters and, and you know, uh, sisters to be in, in the elected positions, but it's the men who call the shots. Mm. So it's more of that. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, Lakshmi, in your work, I was wondering if you could talk about women's engagement in government in Nepal and how do you see things changing currently? Yeah. Uh, after the promulgation of a new constitution in 2015, uh, the new constitution guaranteed that there should be like at least 33% of representation of women in every sector of the development. And then, uh, uh, although it was there in the provision, it was not effectively implemented. Now, I think in the first constituent assembly election, we have like 33%, but now it's like 28 to 29%. Uh, but it's a far better than, far better compared to other uh, South Asian countries. And then when we talk, like, we have a president, a woman president, like uh, Bidya Devi Vandari uh, this time. And uh, we have, like, uh, just like after 20 years, we have a local election, federal election, and provincial election just last year. And there is a provision in local election that if 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 mayor, if mayor is a male, 
female uh, then uh, there's there is a compulsory provision mandatory provision that female should be the deputy mayor if, and if if deputy if mayor is a woman then uh, mandatory the provisions that um, uh, men should be deputy mayor okay so there's like, yeah so there'd be a man uh, yeah, and a woman leading in, in, in the, the mayor leading. position yeah it is yeah. one it is one of the most uh, i think this uh, this thing is most appreciated uh, this step of nepal is like mm. most appreciated by most of the countries because it is giving equal voice to women now uh, earlier uh, while we talking while we talk about like women empowerment we are talking about like their participation only but now the time has changed it's not only about the participation but it's about their engagement like active yes. engagement how they are how the and the government as well as other civil societies they are working to uh, they are working to um, uh, to oh, uh, they are working um to how to say um, sorry that's okay yeah. to change policy uh, uh, or to- no they are uh, they are empowering women like yes, so they are yes, educating yes. and they are empowering now uh, if you go to village like you are you are, you will be shocked like uh, there is a there is there are still some villages in nepal like if you got a monthly period you will be kept in a very in a separated areas very far from like a house like you are not allowed that still to happens in india as well you, you, like, you know. are not allowed to live inside your home and yeah. you are not allowed to touch any men and you are not allowed to touch anything in your home the menstrual wow. cycle yeah, you, is still like, like yeah that that's an, it's like know, a, which is the most natural non- yeah. but how yeah. many areas are, so it's like uh, rural areas and many women like almost like uh, in a month we can record like 2 to 3 days due to snake bite in summer season Wow. Yeah. Okay, so in your time here, first tell uh when did you arrive? April 26th, uh, 27. 27. 27 and you go back to Washington yeah. tomorrow for the uh, uh, on the Friday on 24th. No, weekend. Okay. And so you'll go back to Washington DC for another week and then yeah. you will fly back, right? Yeah. Okay, so tell me individually what you're most excited to bring back with you as far as knowledge and something that you learned. Ami Um I think uh, my time here with some you know amazing women I think the way they kind of drive things that's something that I'm going to take back to my country um so PCCY is is uh, you know actively in in the educational field uh for us you know I mean the education back in India you know they're working with public schools charter schools uh the ed- Indian educational system is quite different that way. Okay. So, we're going to take uh, maybe, we're going to yeah. take one last break and I'll let you finish when yeah. we come back. Sure. I want to hear more about yeah. that. Stay with us for Mary Manzo for our Tech Watch and Hanadi Shahabuddin for Diversity. We'll be right back. This is the Women to Watch Diversity Watch. Diversity Watch. Peace be upon you all. This is Hanadi with your weekly diversity segment. How often does it happen that you pick a shirt that has a visible stain on it, put it on, and run through your day wearing it? It's very unlikely that someone would actually do that. Muslims are required to purify their character from impurities such as greed, envy, arrogance, and other vices, just like a shirt or a dress needs to be purified from stains. When the purpose of Islamic teachings is to perfect moral character, then everything is pointing back to that specific dimension. Let me explain that further. Muslims are required to perform ablution before every single prayer, and there are five of them every single day. The process includes the washing of the face, hands, part of the hair, and the feet. 
The water is washing the body part, but the mind is focused on the purification of the actions performed by that body part. That we do not extend our hand unless we're helping or hugging or giving charity. That we only walk towards places that are pleasing to God, to connect with close relatives, to visit the sick, or place of worship. That we say nothing but good words that connect people together and spread peace. The water is washing away the dirt, and our thoughts are washing away the sins. So when we get to the actual prayer, the communication is paved on a bed of purity. Quote, purity is half the faith, end quote, said Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. All of these good actions pour into one thing, and that is being a moral human being, having a perfect character that spreads good in the world and inspires others. Purification of the heart is that hidden dimension that Muslims are required to always check, improve, and perfect. It's that from which every good action takes shape. Today's prophetic ethic is purification, physical hygiene and wholesome sense to keep clean and fresh, and spiritual purification for a high moral character. On that high note, connect with me on hanadispeaksout.com. Who is Holly Dowling? Holly is a dynamic keynote speaker and inspirational thought leader. You see what we have the ability to do and the power we have. You hold the power for good. Each and every one of us can do something. Holly has inspired millions around the world, including over 500,000 executives. And her show is listened to in 87 countries. Now we're going to spend 25 minutes on your areas of opportunity. Listen to our internationally acclaimed podcast, A Celebration of You, Holly Dowling, empowering those who can change the world. HollyDowling.com. Now, the women to watch. Tech Watch. Hi, I'm Mary Manso from Pathways Consulting Group. During last week's segment, I talked about diversity in technology and how without diversity, technology creation gets slanted and doesn't take everyone into consideration. Imagine the technology we build today only serving a small part of our population, addressing the needs of specific ethnic groups or genders only. To avoid this, organizations have to get in front of this potential challenge. The most successful companies are the ones that approach the creation of technology and product with diverse teams who can view the product creation with different points of view and represent the diversity of the product. When approaching a product in this way, they likely will build a product that not only takes race or gender into consideration, but a diverse team will look at product development from all types of consumers' perspective, like the consumer's background age, level of education, and so on. In a previous segment, I talked about research that was published in Management Science that showed that organizations that have adopted diversity and inclusion as part of their company culture are higher performing and have increased their financial results and profitability. When creating a diverse company culture, you have to consider how you'll change your approach. Remember, there's not a one-size-fits-all benefits package anymore. Flexible hours or work-from-home benefits could actually result in an increase in productivity. When recruiting technologists, be sure that you're considering the talent you already have and the gaps in the talent you want to fill. Also, consider existing resources that, with maybe some training, could potentially fill the gaps you feel would help create a well-rounded, diverse team. It will require strategies that appeal to the values and lifestyles of all men and women. Most important, learn from your mistakes and the mistakes of your competitors and try again. What's your opinion on this topic? I'd like to know. Email me at mary at pathwayscg.com.
Thanks so much again for being with with me this evening. Um, I'm speaking to Ami Cheda and Lakshmi Mahorjin. And um, I have one last question for each of you, and there's just a few minutes that we have left. Um, Lakshmi, I'm going to start with you. Um, I wanted to ask you, what what's the one thing that you have learned that you want to take back with you to Nepal? Uh, um, I, I'm working with like committee of 70, and I'm really impressed with the, how they are engaging like a civil engagement, how they are doing civil engagement. I have seen a lot of like discussion program with them, and I'm so amazed like they are using some school children as a student ambassador that are helping in the election yesterday and it really impressed me because in my country it's like if it is an election it's holiday for everyone and no one is like eager to volunteer but uh, I am really impressed and back home like uh, if we are having election or not but uh, not Okay. Um, uh, if uh, the election, we just had election, but we are, uh, but but uh, we just had election. We are not able to use this uh, student as an uh, ambassador to yeah. election. But I'm thinking and I'm planning and I'm really want to use the student ambassadors to for other uh, society, other volunteer work that are the challenges. For example, I talked about the social stigmas, uh, social stigmas and uh, gender mm, gender discrimination. All these things we can use student as the ambassador in the society, and mm. we can we uh, we can go for the civil engagement because if they are learned from their very early ages, I think it will have a greater impact in mm. their life. Yeah, and, and their views as yeah. they become adults. Yeah, yeah that's wonderful. Easy, yeah. yeah, that's wonderful. And I think I'm, re- I'm really going to work on this idea and I'm really thankful to Committee of 70 for giving me this as a good idea. Very good, very good. Ami, I wanted to, one last question for you about the change that has taken place in India as far as women, you know, stepping into leadership roles and be, being working women, but what's lacking? What is mm-hmm. What is still lacking there? So um, we are in a very, uh, uh, you know, transitional stage where we have a lot of emancipated, liberated women. Unfortunately, you know, most of them are all relegated to the administrative positions. We don't have many women vying for leadership positions. That's because there are too many expectations from women. They're supposed to, you know, expected to be these multitaskers, you know, be at work, at home. Um, you know, they're supposed to, you know, excel everywhere. And I think somewhere, I think women are overworked, they're exhausted. Um, in India, I'm not sure if, if you know, uh, partnership is, is, is the way to go. It's, it's more about, okay, the women, you know, you might accomplish things outside, but at the end of the day, it's a woman's responsibility when it, when it comes to, like, household and, and you know, kids and, and uh, you know, uh, food and, and things like that. Mm. We still pamper our men. We still kind of prefer that. Oh, yeah, the guy sitting on the sofa, we got to prepare tea and give him oh. like, yeah, ready-made tea. Even the so, younger yeah. generation, you know, what we call the millennials. That is, is changing. Is that changing? But I think uh, the moms don't approve of it. So, yeah. The older generation. Yes, the older generation. Yeah. So that 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 struggles always. There. So even if the girl's not got to struggle with the guy, she would somewhere have struggles with you know, uh, the family and, yeah. and the in-laws. Well, because, we, you know. Yeah, we see that here, mm. too, as yeah. well, depending on generation. Right. So older generations, things were traditional um, and also different nationalities. I right. think you'll see different mm-hmm. views um, from the Italian culture to right. the Irish culture to, you know, uh, German culture. It, it's fascinating. Right. But what is your hope? And, you know, and how why, can you educate right. the men? And that's why I feel that, you know, post marriages, a lot of women either go freelancing, they cut down on their work, they stop working, you know, because 
because obviously they can't do it all so they have to give up so they would give up on their dreams their ambitions than give up giving up on something else mm. you know because we are made to feel guilty for for you know for for looking after or you know i mean our needs and our, our i would say our ambitions and our dreams if you want to pursue something you consider too ambitious mm. and that's not acceptable still we still kind of you know this is a plaguing uh you know a uh, problem in india so well perhaps yeah. you know what um lakshmi was talking yeah. about about talking to the children right. and and kind of opening their eyes right. and ears more to the fact I that i think that's why i think it's very important for you know the mothers of of little boys you know to give them the right values to kind of you know because the problem now i think if i have to kind of you know summarize this it would be that you know we have a you know breed of empowered emancipated liberated women but we are not teaching our men and our boys to kind of handle such women mm. so the day we do that i think um, yeah we're going to be like you know doing really well and these are not going to be issues for us yeah but that's like a long way to go so I'm, i'm really hopeful of you know things kind of you know are you seeing similar things in culture in nepal yes very same Well, listen, I um it was a great discussion, very very interesting and I'm so glad you had the opportunity to come here and make a stop in Philadelphia and I hope that you uh bring some valuable information back to both of your organizations and the work you're doing. Yeah, thank you so thank much. You so and much. this has been an amazing experience in mm-hmm. you know, in Philadelphia, you know, overall program and we thank you as Department of State for actually, yes. you know, it's not just a professional program but culturally, I think this is helping us out professionally, personally. and it's it's like your overall um, you know it's it's not just centric like you know career centric yeah i think so. it's as simple as you know we want to get to know you and right. you want to get to know us yes, yes. that's exactly yeah. what it is well thanks again that's it everyone thank for you. another week of women to watch here on talk radio 1210 wpht thank you so much to my sponsors and contributors for helping me to bring you the real story behind her title have a great week everyone paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management.